All right, so the NFL season is about to wrap up. We got the Super Bowl coming on Sunday, which means we are full steam ahead into Dynasty Fantasy Football. And I've got good news, I got bad news. One, now is the time where everything's up in flux. There's so many moving parts, right? People have a ton of rookie picks, but they're kind of unfamiliar with the actual class. Thus, when they release those picks or they trade them away or they trade players away without knowing free agency and what happens in the draft, you get a lot of good value. So I'm gonna give you seven dudes in today's video that I think are the elite buys in dynasty fantasy football so if you're watching a fantasy football video right now it probably means that you play dynasty fantasy football and i've got mwah, wonderful news for you we have literally just launched a dynasty only fantasy football channel okay so bdge this current channel you're watching on might be the redraft channel it'll only be redraft and season long stuff from now onward we have the dynasty only specific channel which you should also subscribe to which is linked down below you will be getting five videos a week from myself and we have two other creators coming on who are fantastic creators in the dynasty space we'll be doing groups together they will be doing individual videos so if you're watching this on the redraft channel the dynasty videos will go away in three weeks time okay we will only be posting them over there but we want to continue posting them on here for now just to let you guys know that we have the dynasty channel so head over there subscribe and watch over there share with your friends share with whoever we're going to be helping you guys set up dynasty leagues we're going to be helping you guys join dynasty leagues if you are new to the space if you are a vet to the space don't worry we're going to be hitting you with that analysis as well so go subscribe to that channel please that would mean the world to me me, but you guys are not here to listen to me yap about that channel you're here to listen to me yap about the best buys in dynasty fantasy football and y'all know what we got to do first is tuck the shirt in. first dude up on this list is someone who had a relatively traumatic fall off of a year and I will put that on the back of just saying the entire team imploded this year I don't know if anyone had a more disappointing year than this team and that is the New York Giants specifically referring to Daniel Jones the quarterback now everybody who plays in Dynasty for the most part plays in Superflex and if you go to keeptradecut.com right now Daniel Jones is valued as the quarterback 20 we're talking about a QB3 for a man that two years ago posted a top 12 fantasy season and secured a four-year $160 million contract extension. This man is 26 years old. He is the perfect quarterback two in Dynasty right now that you are getting for insane prices. When I look at the other quarterbacks on Keep Trade Cut around where he is valued, you have Geno Smith and Sam Howell and the Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield and stuff like that. When push comes to shove, there are not a lot of guys on this list that I'm taking over him straight up. Like obviously I'm gonna take Bryce Young, Deshaun Watson, maybe a couple other guys depending on where Baker's contract ends up landing. But Jones is like the perfect balance of weekly upside has the contract extension youth and while the giants outlook is disgusting at the moment if you look at pretty much every mock draft they're picking at number six in the nfl draft this year and they have them taking a wide receiver at the pick either rome or malik neighbors there which would be a massive upgrade to this wide receiver group or they can go back to drafting o-linemen in the top 10 which they fucking so badly need i was looking at some pass rush numbers 
and they were by far and away the worst pass blocking offensive line in the NFL last year. It was not close. That column all the way to the right that you see 18.06% is pressure on pass rush over expectation. So the amount of times, the rate in which the quarterback in the Giants backfield was pressured over when they should have been was 18%. By far and away, number one in the NFL, the next closest team was at 9%. So two times as much. Everybody else was in like the 3 to 9%. They were up at 18%, okay? So it just can't get any worse there. They were banged up on the offensive line. Some of their first-round picks obviously busted in major, major, major ways. It, it, it just can't get worse. That's what that's what we're really getting at here. We have Darren Waller, who was their big contract extension last year. Didn't really work out this year. But if he's back and healthy, that's obviously a major upgrade, especially if he can be the two to whoever they drafted number six. Uh, Jalen Hyatt should be a really nice deep field stretcher for them coming into his second year. He had some big plays that I think kind of accentuated the offense and makes me hopeful for what he can be in the future. And I just look at where he's valued in keep trade cut in terms of like the actual value itself. Daniel Jones's value right now is the 207. I would give up the 207, 208, 206 in a heartbeat to get this man on my roster. Every, no one wants a piece of him. Guys, he's not like getting cut. They're not moving away from Daniel Jones, okay? So Daniel Jones is the premier quarterback target in Superflex Dynasty. Startup drafts, but also trade targets. Second dude up on this list, we have Javante Williams, the running back for the Denver Broncos. Right now, 202 will get you Javante Williams, which I would give up in a heartbeat. You've got to remember just how young Javante Williams came into the league. He was the youngest running back in that draft class, and he is 23 years old right now. When you look at the rookies from last year, Zach Charbonnet is 23. Roshan Johnson is 23. His backfield mate, Jaleel McLaughlin, also 23. He is a full year younger than guys like Brian Robinson. Last year, I wanted nothing to do with Javante Williams coming into the year. I projected him to have a bad year and knew that I was going to be in on him the following year. The dude was like, was like seven months off of an ACL tear. And all offseason, you know, everyone was like, he's 100%. He's good to go. He's ready to go. And they treated him like it, they gave him touch workload as if he was 100% healthy, but he did not play like he was. And if you look at just some of the deeper numbers about why his efficiency numbers were low. Obviously, he did not have the explosion and the breakaway type of stuff that he normally had uh, prior to the ACL tear. He had the fifth highest average defenders in the box, the seventh most stacked boxes against him. He is just a year removed from literally being a top three. He was a valued as a top three dynasty running back for basically a year straight on keep trade cut. And I know these things fluctuate and move drastically, but the fact that he has dropped so heavily to the point where you could trade the 201, the 202, the 203 for Javante Williams is something I would do right away because the man is still 23 years old. It's not like he had the ACL tear and now he's waking up on the post part of that at 25, 26, 27, when we're like hoping he gets a second contract. The man's is still in his prime. You just got to look at the dudes two years removed from the ACL tears, the Dalvin Cooks, the Saquon Barkleys, about to be Brees Halls. That's when they explode. So you let him spin this upcoming year in on Javante. Let's pull it back to a less valuable running back, and that is Chase Brown of the Cincinnati Bengals. He is currently the RB37 in Dynasty. Him and Mixon, you know, everyone's going to talk about like, okay, Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle are now the new Tony Pollard and Zeke. Chase Brown and Joe Mixon are going to be the new Zeke and Tony Pollard for the next however many years Joe Mixon is on the team. When you look at Chase Brown's just pure stature, athleticism, sure he was a fifth-round pick and he's a little bit older, but he's 5'10", 210 pounds. Look at his speed. 
4-4-3 for someone that size. His burst score, he is strong. He could do it all. He was a really good pass catcher for them, making explosive plays down the stretch in the middle of the year. Anytime they put him on the field, he became like a Jalen Warren type, where you saw him play and you saw him relative to the guy he was playing next to, the Najee Harris and Joe Mixon, and you're like, how do you possibly keep this type of explosion off the field? Those are the narratives that are going to happen. Yeah, you know, I compared him to Tony Pollard and Zeke. You can also compare him to Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. And you look at Tony Pollard, his ascension. He got up to the RB5 in Dynasty last summer at 26 years old, which was always dumb as shit because a back with a back that's 26 years old with no second contract is insanely risky in Dynasty. But Chase Brown is 23. And obviously Pollard's value got up to that level because of his production that he actually put onto the table while chase brown still needs to do that but a lot of the time in dynasty the market hype outweighs actual pro production people make these stories up in their head about what a guy can be and then eventually that starts to skew over to what their trade value is in the actual market so joe mixon joe mixon at this point is some of his parts running back who he can do it all but he doesn't do anything great i think he's like more a player that just works well on a football team. I mean, he has had two 100-yard rushing games over his last 36 regular season games, despite seeing 18 or more carries 12 times in that span. It's bad. And when you look at his contract, his cap hit next year, which was already restructured last year because they're like, you're not worth the money that we're actually paying you, is $9 million, and they could save $6 million by moving on to him prior to March 16th. As soon as March 16th hits, he is guaranteed $3 million of a roster bonus. So that will kind of be the date to look on. Do I think they move on with Joe Mixon completely? No, I don't, but there, there's gonna be some movement in that backfield. Overall, I just think Chase Brown's value is going to go in the same exact direction as the Tony Pollard, the Jalen Warren, where the more we see him, the more people are gonna start chirping about how he needs to be on the field more. And it doesn't matter in real life if they put him on the field more, as long as like Twitter keeps yelling about it, his value in dynasty markets is gonna go up and up and up and up. Uh, and, and the other thing I love about him is that this offense, the reason that you want to attach yourself to an offense like this is because it has so much upside and stability. Like Joe Burrow is locked in under contract, which means that offense is going to have stability for the next, you know, five-ish years, whatever it is, throughout Chase Brown's entire rookie contract. So if you can give up an early third for Chase Brown, I would do that in a second. The last younger running back we will talk about before we switch over to the wide receivers. And again, don't forget the Dynasty channels on this channel, if you're watching on the regular Redraft channel that has, you know, whatever, 120,000 subs, are going to be going away in a couple weeks. So if you want Dynasty-only chatter, make sure you subscribe to the Dynasty-only channel. First link in the description down below. We want to get to 1,000 by the end of this week. That would be, I would love you for that. Now, y'all know I loves me some Kendra Miller, the running back for the New Orleans Saints. His current keep trade cut value is the running back 34. Now, his season was played from the start. He had knee injuries. He had hamstring injuries. Like as soon as a, a rookie starts having injuries in the summer, in the beginning of the year, it is so hard to come back from that. And the problem was like when he had his injuries and missed time, it was when Kamara was out. So if Kamara missed those three games and Kendra was healthy, he would have got a nice workload to actually show what he could do on the field. Unfortunately, that did not happen. But I just need to look back at how I felt about him coming out of TCU. And he was like, let's not forget how good he was coming out as a prospect. He was one of the best running backs in college football from last year's draft class. I mean, he had day two capital. He was the fourth running back off the board. He went Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet, Kendra Miller, and he was top five in almost every tackle-breaking metric coming out. You want to talk about useless? How about Jamal Williams? Like, Jamal Williams 
is was so useless for the Saints offense, man. I don't know what they're going to do in the backfield. And here's here's uh, here's like really the the tough part to kind of decipher is Alvin Kamara, right? Like, there's a really good chance he is back next year because his contract kind of just says that he's going to be back next year. They wouldn't save a lot of money by cutting him. And in fact, they would lose a lot of money. They're not saving a lot of like dead cap money from getting rid of Alvin Kamara. So there's a very good chance he is still in the picture for them next year. But let's not let's not mix up. Let's not make a cocktail here about Alan Kamara catching 42 dump-offs a game to him actually being good last year because he was not. When I started diving into the actual numbers of him being a running back, this is what we found. His true yards per carry, his juke rate, his yards after contact per attempt, his avoided tackles per attempt, his overall elusiveness rating, his breakaway run rate, all of those metrics ranked outside of the top 40 running back I don't know that Alvin Kamara has the juice anymore I don't know that he's a great runner anymore is he still a great pass catcher of course but Kendra Miller is the solution to that problem they need a really good running back they need a dude who can make big plays they need a dude who is elusive they need a dude who's got juice and is young that's Kendra Miller Kendra Miller's game is not pass catching that is Kamara right that's why I think this tandem can be so good together if they utilize him that way they tried to do it with Jamal Williams I don't think he is the answer right he had the big season in in Detroit where he just fucking plunged in from the one yard line happened over and over and over and over again which conflated the fact that he was good not good just a thumper Kendra Miller is more than a thumper he is a really really elusive tackle breaking tough to get down first and second down back, maybe goal line back. So I think he fits in with Kamara being there for one more year perfectly in the Saints offense. So huge fan of Kendra Miller. What else I'm a huge fan of is dynasty veteran wide receivers. Nobody likes the 25, 26, 27 year olds. Everyone likes the 22, 23, 24 shiny new objects. But I guarantee you the best value in startup drafts as well as in trade value is getting the 26, 27 year old 25 to 27 year old wide receivers who still have two to three years in their prime that get you 11, 12, 13 PPR points per game that you can put into your second flex spot. All right. Like this summer, I did a startup draft, which you'll hear me talk about a few times this week if you're on the Dynasty channel. And it was a super flex startup. So I went quarterback and running back heavy early on, which is not something I typically suggest to do. But the way that the values work with wide receivers, and again, this was prior to this year. So we're talking about last July, last August. My wide receivers ended up being DK Metcalf. Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman, Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, drafted Jaden Reed and Tank Dell later. So you're talking about all those dudes who are like 25, 26, 27 that I got in the fifth, sixth, seventh round ended up being incredible values and easily starters for my wide receivers, obviously. Put on top of like the quarterbacks, running backs I went early. That I think is a great strategy in Dynasty, which is why I would love to trade for Jacoby Myers, the wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders. He is 27, which is the age that literally nobody in Dynasty wants to trade for a player. But again, you have two to three good years of production left that he is a set and forget flex play. He was literally awesome last year before Jimmy G got hurt slash bench. If you look at his splits, like look at the splits on the left side, teen PPR fantasy points per game. And it wasn't just off touchdowns. Sure, he was scoring a lot of touchdowns, but he was averaging nearly 64 yards per game, seven and a half targets, over five receptions per game. 
and even without touchdowns say he scored zero touchdowns in that span again just based off those numbers you're looking at about 12 ppr fantasy points and let's be real here like as cool of a story as Aiden O'Connell was he was he ain't it for the Raiders he is not their starting quarterback so when I'm looking at Jacoby Myers I'm looking at a dude that you know you're at the a late second round pick you're like hoping that you hit on a guy that might score you 10 to 11 PPR fantasy points per game when I am confident that Jacoby Myers will do that for you for the next two to three years okay go flip a late second go flip fuck it you know what you can do without a doubt and probably add something on top of it go flip Jerry Judy for Jacoby Myers right now and I guarantee you'll be happy over the next year and two years and you could probably throw like a third on top of that to get Jacoby Myers for Jerry Judy so thank me afterwards I got two more that will rip through quickly uh, you know, I, I, I have an infatuation with Michael Wilson of the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I, I don't know if I want to put my neck out on the line for it. He had, listen, he, he was a third round pick that went super under the radar because most people don't really know him from college because he dealt with a ton of injuries. He ended up winning the starting role immediately out there, ran a ton of routes, didn't put up a ton of production. Obviously, the Cardinals offense was extremely up and down, extremely volatile, especially in the passing game with Dobbs and then Kyler Murray coming back later in the season. He had a really nice stretch before uh, getting hurt and missing four to five games in the middle of the season. I look at Hollywood. He's an unrestricted free agent. I will say the thing that probably hurts him the most, which if Hollywood leaves, not a big deal. He could be a solid wide receiver too, because right now his keep trade cut value is like wide receiver 53. So it's not like you're expecting wide receiver one numbers, but there's a really good chance Arizona ends up being the team that lands a Marvin Harrison, or if somehow they don't get him, you know, a, again, a Rome or a, a Malik Neighbors in this class. But last year, Michael Wilson averaged 15.5 yards per reception, 9.1 yards per target, both really, really solid numbers it's possible we're reaching here I, I really hope Matt Harmon does a reception perception profile on Mike Michael Wilson to see how his route running was last year uh that would be uh, very very appreciated Matt so if you watch these get the fuck done so Michael Wilson is number six moving on to numero seven and if you've got to this point I love you make sure you go down below and hit the button that looks like this subscribe to both this channel and the dynasty channel because we'll be doing fantasy content throughout the offseason for this channel as well but ton of rookie dynasty all that kind of stuff last guy up on this list is tucker craft the tight end for the green bay packers and you might think like why the fuck would i trade for tucker craft when luke musgrave is the starting tight end when i watched film on both these guys last year coming into the season before the actual season started i came away from the film thinking that tucker craft was actually a better fit and a better player than luke musgrave musgrave more athletic for sure but he reminded me more of mike Kosicki than he did of a really high athletic high production type of tight end it was all bark no bite so they both went in the draft class, obviously, right? It was Luke Musgrave round two, Tucker Craft round three. So one after the other, they told you how they felt about them, obviously going Musgrave before Tucker Craft, but they didn't draft Tucker Craft to be some like blocking tight end, right? Craft himself is plenty athletic with plenty size, 6'5", 254, 469, 40-yard dash, best comp to Logan Thomas. And right now, you can get Tucker Craft outside of the top 20 dynasty tight end. Through their rookie years, Craft ended up averaging more yards per reception, had more touchdowns, higher fantasy points per game. Musgrave had a single game of more than 52 yards with one touchdown through 10 games. Obviously, he was a starter for the 10 games, got hurt, missed a lot of time until the end of the season, the playoffs, when he came back. And I think most people will only attribute Kraft's success to Musgrave being out. But when Musgrave was on the field, compared to when Kraft was on the field, Kraft performed better in that same role. We can keep going back to the draft capital, but need I remind you, the year that Mark Andrews was a third round pick for the Baltimore Ravens, not only did they take Lamar Jackson in the first round, but they also drafted Hayden Hurst 
in the first round. So they went Hurst in the first and then Mark Andrews in the third. You know how many rookie drafts probably took Hayden Hurst over Mark Andrews? All of them. And we talk about when Musgrave finally returned this year. Obviously, he was coming back from an injury. I didn't expect a full snap participation type of role for him immediately. In week 18, he ran 18% of the routes. Okay, so you say first week back, wild card, 38% of the routes, while Tucker Craft ran 67% of routes. Conference championship, Musgrave, Back down to 37% of the routes while Tucker Craft was up at 77% of the routes. I'm just saying there is a non-zero chance that Tucker Craft ends up being the better tight end in this system who's valued like 10 spots lower than Luke Musgrave. And in tight end premiums, you could flip a shit pick for Tucker Craft right now with someone that I think is attaching himself to a high upside offense that's only continued to get better and better and better and better. You know what else is only going to get better and better and better and better? our dynasty channel so go subscribe there if you enjoy the video again hit the button that looks like this put the d in the subscribe button link down below dynasty coming at you five days a week i love you